0: if you have your bibles with you tonight and you want to turn there we're going to be taking some scripture out of the uh, book of second kings in chapter 20 and uh, we'll start reading at about verse 1 and on down through uh the end of verse 6 and uh, i to be perfectly honest i knew this was in the bible but i couldn't remember exactly which uh chapter and verse I knew it was in one to other of the kings and so I have to say that I guess to my own admission that uh, you know somebody to mention second kings chapter 20 I, I wouldn't have known exactly what they were talking about but uh, here in this particular passage I think if nothing else what we can see especially in uh, the verses we're going to read tonight is that prayer changes things That our God's ear is inclined to us. He hears and uh, he hearkens to our voice. And uh, you know that a lot of times, and and I've preached this many times over the years to people and telling them how important it is to pray. That in the 18th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus literally said, men ought always to pray. Amen. and he related in that instance he said and don't just pray the one time but keep it going back and we know that uh, when Elijah prayed for the drought to end uh, he sent his servants seven times uh, after that he had prayed he didn't give up uh, he didn't get weary in the well doing and he and he sought God and God answered his prayers and we know that sometimes uh, when we pray it might not feel like it goes any higher than the ceiling uh, but I tell you that God's right in the room with us it don't have to go far uh, we don't have to uh, light incense so that it can carry our prayers. Uh, He's not uh, uh, far from us, but rather uh, God is near to us, uh, nearer now than He was even back then uh, when King Hezekiah began to pray to him uh, uh, that God uh, there's no veil of separation. uh, uh, When Christ died on the cross, uh, one of the things that was done was that veil was rent uh, from top to bottom. uh, No more separation between man and God. God became accessible through Christ. Uh, We have Him here tonight, church, uh, uh, to know uh, uh, that He hears our prayers. Uh, His ear is inclined. Uh, He's he's just waiting for us to call upon Him. Uh, And we need to remember uh, uh, that when Jesus said, "Men ought always to pray, He meant always. Uh, You don't have to run around with your eyes shut all the time. Uh, You don't have to do that. Uh, But what it means is your line of communication to the Most High is always open. You don't even need a hands-free headset. You don't got to put it on speakerphone. He's listening. He hears no matter where you're at. And I can tell you, in life, bad news is going to come our way. Difficult days are going to find us. And that's the time in which that prayer should be a reflex. Not just something where we look around and say, well, I guess I ought to pray. We shouldn't have to find the time but rather rather make the time for prayer. If you really want to know how important that prayer is, remember this, Jesus prayed often. And if anybody could have got by without praying, it would have been Jesus. But rather it said that He prayed often, would raise up early in the day, and go by Himself, and commune with God, because prayer's not your wish list. Rather, it's giving you marching orders, receiving your daily bread. It's communion and encouragement from the Most High God. That's what we ought to be seeking from Him daily. Uh, uh, so that when the crisis comes along, uh, uh, that this prayer is just uh, a reflex to us. Uh, uh, that we ought to always pray. And you'll find here now that Hezekiah gets the worst kind of news a person can get. Uh, and we'll start reading at verse 1 in Second Kings chapter 20. It says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order. For thou shalt die and not live. Now I tell you that's pretty definitive right there. uh, uh, That uh, the prophet of God comes and Isaiah was a true prophet. uh, And he tells him look, uh, uh, God sent me to tell you this is it for you. Uh, uh, Your time is up. You better get ready uh, because you're going to die. Now I tell you church uh, when you get that kind of news uh, while it may be upsetting uh, right now I don't know the day uh, that my life is going to come to an end. Uh, Hezekiah could have looked around and said well at least now I know I've removed all doubt but I can tell you this he looked around and he said you know what I know that prayer changes things I know that I serve a God I believe he might have thought back to the time of Joshua when Joshua was fighting with those five kings there at Gibeon and Joshua asked God to make the sun stand still and it said that God stopped it for about a day uh, and said that now he allowed Joshua uh, to defeat them soundly uh, and they was an army uh, that should have been able to meet Joshua and the Israelites uh, but God changed it uh, because they trusted in him and I tell you God will change things when you trust in him The world may say one thing, but you wait till God has the final word. Uh, uh, You listen to Him. Uh, You hearken to Him. He's the Most High God. Uh, And so it says now uh, that Hezekiah was told he was going to die. Notice his response. He could have begun to set his house in order, but the first thing he did, it says in verse 2, then he turned his face to the wall and prayed uh, unto the Lord. Uh, He didn't begin with an oath uh, or or anger. Uh, He didn't begin to do anything but turn to God and begin to ask because what's the worst that could happen other than he'd say no you know, sometimes I think we're afraid because we'll get no as an answer. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think we're afraid to pray about something because we're afraid to hear, "My grace is sufficient for thee." But you know what it says when God says, "My grace is sufficient for thee," is He saying, "I'm going to see you through it, Daniel." You might not want to go in the lines then, but I'm telling you, you're going to use the line as a pillow. I'm telling you, you're going to make it through. You might want to avoid the fiery furnace. But you'll meet my son in the furnace. Uh, you meet my son in the fire. Uh, and sometimes uh, we've got to go through something concerning uh, to really get a hold of the glory of the Most High God. And it says now in verse 3, how he prayed, he said, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now uh, how I've walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart uh, and have done that which is good in thy sight. Uh, and Hezekiah wept sore. Uh, uh, that he wasn't uh, joyous at this news, but he uh, uh, said, "Now, God, uh, I've served you diligently. Uh, now, now let me let me clarify this. That don't mean that God's indebted to us or anything like that. Uh, uh, but I believe too, it's for Hezekiah to remember uh, that if God did extend His life, uh, it was so He could continue to be a blessing to the nation of Israel. Uh, uh, that God has got a purpose for us, uh, uh, and when we're no longer fulfilling that purpose, uh, He may." Go ahead and take us out of this world. Yeah. He's God. He can do what he wants to. Right. But Hezekiah could ask. You can ask. I think a lot of times, and and I've never understood this, why it is that I've met so many people in the church who don't want to pray for themselves or won't request prayer for themselves. Uh, uh, Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, the first meaningful prayer that anybody ever prays uh, is a prayer for themselves. Uh, When they say, I don't want to die and go to hell, Uh, I want to accept your Son as my Savior, Uh, uh, that we ought always to pray uh, and to pray for ourselves and to seek the face of God. And that's what Hezekiah did here. And now I want you to notice how quick God will respond. You know, I I, I found it funny in being around middle schoolers and stuff like that, you know, that when I was younger and the telephone would ring, if I was busy, I didn't answer it. And I'd say, well, if it's really important, they'll call back. Or I'd, you know, later on, let the machine get it. Later on, had caller ID. And I'd be like, well, I'll call them back and see what exactly it is that they're needing. I do that with my cell phone. If somebody calls and I'm busy, I'll let my voicemail get it. Or they'll send me a text or something like that. But young people now, the way they are by that stuff, everything has to be instantaneous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Somebody sends them a text and here's the way they interpret it. And I don't say this uh, uh, to belittle or deride them because it's just the culture they grew up in. Everything's right now. They don't have to wait on anything. They don't even like to wait two minutes on a microwave anymore. But when, when their friend sends them a text, if they don't respond within the first five minutes, then that is like social suicide. Oh and, yeah. And, and they take that bone serious. It's really important to them. I can tell you, though, that we serve a God that can respond instantaneously. Maybe God was really waiting for Hezekiah to ask him. Maybe it was that God was saying, if Hezekiah don't pray and ask me to heal him, then he's not going to get any better. And so he sent Isaiah to tell him that, that he might be driven to his knees. And sometimes we need to get driven to our knees to really seek the face of God, to seek His blessing. I believe it's no different than Jacob that peniel when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And he grabbed a hold of him and said, I won't let go until you bless me. I need a blessing. And if you remember, it was after that time that he wasn't Jacob the deceiver anymore. He had become God's man. That took him a long time to get there. But when he asked for the blessing of God, he was changed in that moment. He became somebody different than the guy that had gone out to Laban. He'd come back to Israel a changed man. And sometimes, when we're most fearful, that's when we're most ready to listen to God. And so Hezekiah saw at the face of God. And in verse 4 it says, and it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out of the middle of the court. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Hezekiah probably started praying before Isaiah got out the door he turned his face to the wall he wept sore he cried out to the most high God and God heard him from on high and it says now that before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him right there in the middle of the court that God spoke to Isaiah said you go back I've got new information for Hezekiah and so Isaiah goes back verse 5 it says and the Lord came to him saying verse 5 turn again and tell Hezekiah the captain of my people thus saith the Lord the God of David thy father I have heard thy prayer I have seen thy tears I tell you church we need to remember that he hears our prayers he sees our tears he's not just sitting back saying well when they do enough then I'll get involved but he is wanting us to seek him that's why Jesus said to ask and to seek and to knock. Ask for the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, God is more than willing to give it to you. And you have not because you ask not. We need to be seekers of the Most High God. And in a day and time, there needs to be more that will be seeking the face of the Most High God. You know, that's what Moses wanted. He was on Mount Sinai. He said, God, I desire to see your face. And God told him, "If you could stand it, I'd show it to you." Oh yeah. But He did show him, and said after that Moses seen. Seen the hinder parts of God as he passed by and he clefted a rock and put him back in it. Uh, Makes me think of the time when it is uh, that God will show up and people will cry to the rocks and the mountains to hide him uh, from his glory. Uh, But says that after that that Moses' face was so bright uh, they had to hang a veil over it uh, uh, that it was too bright for them to see. Uh, uh, But I tell you this uh, uh, that when we seek the face of God uh, his glory uh, is going to come unto us. Uh, When we seek him out, he won't be hard to find. Jesus, when he said men ought always to pray, you know, if you find that verse, and it's, I think it's Luke chapter 18, verse 1, but if you find that verse, you ought to put right next to it, Amen. Men ought always to pray. When things are going great, pray. When things are going bad, pray. When things are ho-hum, pray. But seek God and seek Him continually. Because Jesus said, we must work while it's day. Because there's coming a time when it's going to be night and no man can work. And you see, one of my greatest regrets was when the Lord called to me when I was a little boy and I didn't answer Him. All those wasted years All that time I could have spent. And yet, even then when I did get saved, I didn't serve Him like I should have. And probably still fall well short of my potential. But I can tell you this, I'm getting better all the time. He's moving me up. He's helping me. And the reason that He's doing that is because I've begun to say, God, I'm tired of doing things my way. Let's do it Your way. Because my way doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. Because when i seen Faith today and those tears running down her face, I'm a fixer. And I couldn't fix that. Right. There's problems that I can't fix, Brother Dennis. Right. Problems that I come up against that I can't do anything about. But I think about that little girl that talked to Naaman there. Oh, yes. She told him there's a, there's a man that can talk to God on your behalf in Israel. There's a God in Israel uh, and said that He made a big long trip uh, and when He came back, He didn't have leprosy anymore. Uh, Now It wasn't exactly the way He expected it to happen, uh, but God moved. uh, And I tell you this, uh, that God's not just in Israel. We don't have to go far, uh, but to our knees uh, before the Most High God uh, uh, that His ear is inclined. Uh, He sees our tears uh, and He hears our cries and so Isaiah turns around and goes back and he tells him just that and it says now uh, behold in the latter part of verse 5 it says behold I will heal thee On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Verse 6, And I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Because what God did was He told him, Look, you're not just serving me idly. You don't just trust me for no reason. You're not like Satan accused Job of when he said this." Job, do serve God for not, uh, And we know uh, that we don't just serve God uh, just for no reason. Uh, that He's a God that's able to deliver. Uh, He's a God that's able to heal. Uh, He's a God that's able to change things uh, because brothers and sisters, prayer uh, changes things. Now we may look around and see the most dire of circumstances. Oh, yeah. But I love, I heard this a few years ago. And I was listening to Adrian Rogers preach and it really struck a chord with me and I've said it often. He said the Holy Trinity never meets in emergency session. Right. Nothing takes God by surprise. Right. God knows it all and sees it all. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times He's just waiting. It's just there for the asking. Yeah. Because He's a gentleman. He's not going to force it on us. Right. You know, and a lot of times when we come up against difficulty, we may not see a way. But we don't have to see a way. We only have to see the way, the truth, right. and the life. Because God is the one that makes the way. Yeah. And I've thought about this a lot, you know, and I've studied this many times, preached on it several, about David when he goes out to face Goliath. And I've heard people speculate up one side and down the other why that it was that he picked up five smooth uh, now, stones. yes. Yeah. People, you know, say, well, they each one represent this, or and 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 I'm sure they they thought a lot about it, but I think I think the simplest explanation is the best one. I believe David picked it, picked him up and said, well, it probably won't take them no more than five. That it just seemed practical. He didn't know how many it was going to take. But he knew God was going to deliver Goliath into his hand. He knew he was going to win that fight. He might not have known how it was going to go blow by blow. But he knew that God was on his side. And I tell you church, God is on your side. And you may not know exactly how it's going about. But you know that God is on your side. Because we surrender to Him. You know, I've thought about that a lot. You know, our manner of worship. Uh, that a lot of times... I, and I've had people ask me about this. So I didn't realize until I was much older that everybody don't raise their hands and shout in church. That everybody don't say amen while the preacher's preaching. And a lot of preachers don't get very loud. And I'll tell you, when I started out... People used to have trouble hearing me. I think now I go on the other side of things. I'm not careful. I get a little too loud. Uh, uh, but the thing is, uh, with that holding up the hands, uh, what that's a doing, you think about that. That's universal. Uh, you watch any of them World War II documentaries or movies, uh, and when somebody surrendered, they put their hands up. They'd say, I surrender. I don't want to die. Don't kill me. I, I, I am asking for your mercy. Oh, yeah. And when we raise our hands up before God, it's in praise. It's in I don't want to die. God, I'm at your mercy. I'm at your service. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'll do. And in faith believing, we trust Him that He has only good for us. Oh, yeah. Even when it don't seem good. Even when it shakes the very foundations of our existence. Oh, yeah. Even when it seems like bad news. Because how do we know how things will ultimately turn out? That something bad can come our way and it seems like bad news, and then God'll flip it around and make it good. Oh yeah. We'll lose a job and God has a better one lined up. Right. right. We'll maybe get slowed down by a sickness and it'll save us from something worse. Oh yeah. We'll have a pain. And it'll keep us close to God. We'll do without, you know. Years ago, when I quit the family business, and I tell you, Mom's probably the only person here that knows how difficult that was for me. To give you an idea of what it was for me to quit that business, I started working for Dad not by my own choice when I was thirteen years old. I think that the term is called "voluntold," and he told me, "You're going to pull weeds tomorrow." And I said, well, I don't want to. And he said, I don't recall making that sound like a request. <laughs> and I went to work for him. Never had had to go out and look for a job. I'd done lots of job interviews, but I was always the guy doing the hiring. And I became owner of the business when Dad passed away. And I, I, I worked in it for years. I was 29 years old when that I quit. And I was terrified of having to go out and talk to somebody else and seek a job. And how difficult that was. And I made good money doing what I'd done before. Uh, and I knew I wasn't going to make that kind of money uh, uh, going anywhere else. Uh, but brother, uh, R.B., I can tell you uh, that when I went to work down there at Kenny Queens, uh, uh, that and I really understood the book of Ruth a whole lot better. Uh, because I seen them handful uh, on purpose left for me along the way. Uh, I learned to trust God better uh, uh, when that I was financially strapped. Uh, than I'd ever trusted Him uh, when I had plans you see a lot of times adversity brings us closer to God and when's the last time we've ever praised Him that we're walking through a difficult place cause I can tell you that anytime my kids got scared I didn't have to tell them to hold my hand they'd grab onto my hand or my leg be trying to climb up me. They wanted to be close because they knew I'd protect them. And when's the last time that we've reached out and took God's hand by voluntary means rather than being driven to it. Rather than, rather than seeking Him out continually, which is what we're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. And the reward is that Hezekiah here got it. God told him, He said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Oh, yeah. Now I'll tell you something I recently went through. Just a few years back when I was 26 years old. They thought, sure, I had lymphoma. I was bad shape health-wise. i lost a bunch of weight. Didn't know why. I wasn't trying to. I had inflamed lymph nodes all around my lungs. And I would just started preaching just a couple years before and I really didn't serve God like I should have. And I remember... I would guess out of breath when I'd walk up just a few stairs. I thought I was going to pass out. Now I remember a similar prayer. Like Hezekiah prayed. I fell down and I said, God, is it my time? And God, now I'll go ahead and tell you this. I believe God healed me of that. I believe that He touched me. But then you see, Satan tried to put a fear on me last year. Uh, About that. After 15 years, he said you prayed just like Hezekiah. Satan tried to tell me, you only had 15 years and your time's up. Yeah. And then I remembered that he's a liar. Right. And I remembered that God has the power of life and death. And that I'll trust Him whether it is uh, uh, but just a few days from hence that I live uh, or whether it's another 40 or 50 that I live, it's in God's hands. Uh, It's not mine. Uh, But I can tell you when I run that last mile, uh, I want to run it uh, like a man that wants to win. Uh, A man that knows he's got a crown waiting on the other side uh, and a white robe waiting. Uh, uh, so that when we finish uh, that we'll know we've run into the arms of the Most High God yeah. because I can tell you He has the power over life and death yeah. not us He has the strength we don't have it and we got to trust Him Hezekiah I think right here what happened was Hezekiah finally turned it all over to God oh, yeah. because he's seen the end right before Him and I can tell you this he used him fifteen years for the glory of the Lord. Now, did that mean they were perfect? Well, no. Now, if you read the life of Hezekiah, you'll know he made some mistakes. Oh yeah. But he trusted God. Yeah. Did that mean that he would go up and cast himself off of the pinnacle of the temple because God gave him fifteen more years? <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, oh, neither put him to right. the test. I can tell you this now, if God sees fit to bless you, you don't have to test it. You don't have to wander or worry or anything like that because a lot of times when we pray, when we know God has worked in our lives, Satan will come along sowing the seeds of doubt. He'll begin to try to say, oh no, that's just the placebo effect. You didn't get healed. You're just a feeling high in the Spirit. You're being emotional. That's when you need to look and say, get behind me in the name of Jesus Christ because you don't savor the good things of God and I'll trust the word of God over the top of any doctor or anything else in the world and Hezekiah what happened and we don't have time to read it all but after three days you know where he went he went up to the house of the Lord. <laughs> he went up there. Now he asked for a sign and God gave him a sign. And said, well, what sign do you want? Do you want the clock to go forward 15 minutes or backwards 15 minutes? But God told him, look, I'm with you. And church, I can tell you, thus saith this Bible, God is with you. He's going to take care of you. The name Emmanuel, which is what they call Jesus, means God with us. He's with us. And there's no longer a separation between man and God. That church, if I haven't said it enough, prayer changes things. It'll stop the sun in its tracks. That's the God that we serve. It'll save you from a dental lines. It'll help you to defeat a giant. It'll sustain you in the wilderness. It'll lift you up when you've fallen down. And though you may fall down a hundred times, God is able to lift you up. That though we may be weak, He is strong. We can trust Him, Church, to do what He says He's gonna do. Yes. But know this you have an adversary. Oh yes. And he walketh about, the way the Apostle Peter put it, as a, line, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He'll do his best to cast doubt right. to make you afraid to shake your foundation. You see the wind and the rain, they come to all houses, but only the one that's founded upon the rock. Those are the ones that are going to stand. Yes. And you remember Jesus said the ones that were founded on the rock were the ones that heard His sayings. And kept them. That may not always be easy. That may not always be convenient. Yeah. I think that's a problem of today. Like I mentioned about those kids earlier, a lot of times we live in a culture of convenience. Yeah. We live in a day and time where that we throw out things regularly that if just a few circumstances were to change in our culture, people would kill each other over those things that we throw out yeah. on a regular basis. We need to remember, though, that God is not the God of convenience. We don't serve Him when it's convenient. Right, right. We serve Him always. Yes. when it's difficult. Yeah. Something that was told to me years ago when I, I, I found it to be true. So when you make up your mind to do what's right, do it even when it makes the blood run.: Oh yes. yes. Do it even when it doesn't make sense to anybody else but you. And I can tell you in this day and time, people will look at you and say, I don't know why you're at church on a Wednesday night. There's better places to be. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's raining. It's too sunny. I'm telling you, one of the the scariest things for me in this day and time is that COVID has provided a very convenient excuse for people to never come out to the house of the Lord. And I'm not one of those people that would say faith over fear and, you know, don't worry about that. I, I think that's foolishness too. But I can tell you this, that when that started and everybody was running around and death was so near. I mean, you could tell it anywhere you went. Death was so near to people. And I thought maybe this will drive them to the Lord. And it seems like it's had the opposite effect. That people have gotten farther away because it's more convenient to not go. And to not serve the Lord. They think staying home will keep them safe. And there's many that it didn't. They've wore their masks. They've taken a vaccine. And still, they're not safe. And I can tell you this, there is no sure thing in this world except it's appointed unto man wants to die and after this comes judgment. And then the only way to avoid the eternal death is through Jesus Christ. Amen. And where does a person start off with Jesus but with prayer? Yes. You know, the biggest thing that my prayer has ever changed is me. When I got down and prayed and accepted Christ into my life, I became a new guy. Yes. Right. Now I tell you, I've spent years trying to kill off the old feller. He tries to pop up every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Somebody holds me up or cuts me off on the road. He tries right. to rear his ugly head. Whenever I get inconvenienced, he'll try to jump out. <laughs> My natural state uh, is to lash out in anger. Oh yeah. But there's times when the grace of God takes hold and keeps me. Yeah. Keeps me from acting a fool and doing something godly to where people will look around and say, That feller's odd. I've been described as odd more than once, I'll just go ahead and tell you that. And that's okay with me, especially if they're talking about he, he. He don't get mad when I think he should. He's patient. My my fellow workers at the school, though, several of them, told me, "Man, it seems like you've got the patience of Job with these kids." And I said, "Well, I said I, I think the good Lord above blessed me to see something that maybe not everybody else sees. Well, what's that?" And I said, "They're giant toddlers." And I just, I just look at them, and sometimes oh, yeah. I'll shake my head. You know what I mean? They are. They, they run around with their pacifiers. You know what a teenage oh, yeah. pacifier is. It's one of these things. Yeah. A cellular phone. Oh, yeah. I took a picture of my son a year or two ago. He'd fallen asleep on mom's couch down there with his binky in his hand. It was his phone. I fell asleep on it. I had another picture of him, little bitty, when he was uh, holding a bottle in his hand. They're, they're a pacifier. Oh, yeah you see, we have these things to satisfy us, but they're, but they're temporary. Yep. You know, we live in a day and a time where that everybody wants to be satisfied, <laughs> but nobody is getting anything that lasts. You know, we say now they don't make them like they used to. Right. Things aren't made to last, but I'll tell you, this Word right here, oh, yes. when this world melts with a fervent heat, yeah. this Word will still stand. Yeah, right. It's not going to pass away. It'll stand. And what is satisfactory, but knowing that regardless of what happens in this life, that there's only better things waiting on the other side. Oh yeah. If that doesn't give us peace, then I don't know what will. You see, Hezekiah, God could have sent Isaiah back and said, buddy, you're saved. You're looking to the day when my son will come and shed his blood for you. You're good to go. And that would have been sufficient. But his prayer changed the very circumstances that he was under. God said, for your sake and for my glory, I'll stop your death and give you another 15 years. And you think your problem's too small? You think your problem's too big? God stopped the sun for Joshua. God delivered three Hebrew children from a fiery furnace. He helped David defeat a, a, a giant. Just imagine what he can do for your problems. Oh, yes. Because church prayer changes things. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that. And I firmly believe that we ought always to pray. Yes. I hope that this message has blessed you. That's all that the Lord has laid on my heart. If you have need of the altar, it's open.